The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown in stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline, pylon, touchdown, and the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined alongside by my co-host, Aaron Murray. And this episode of Punt and Pass is presented by Ameris Bank Mortgage. Now is the time. Right now is the time to take advantage of historically low rates by buying or refinancing your home. Have you been looking for a trusted mortgage maker to help you achieve your financial goals? Well, look no further than our buddy and damn good dog, Logan Hinton, who is part of the number one lending team in the state of Georgia year after year. Logan has competitive rates and fees and the ability to lend in 47 states. So what are you waiting on? Ameris Bank Mortgage and Logan Hinton will make this usually stressful task a breeze. Go ahead and contact Logan directly. Here is his cell phone number. He wants to work with you. 770-649-4941. That's 770-649-4941. Ameris Bank Mortgage, equal housing lender and member FDIC. NMLS 824867, loan subject to normal credit approval go ahead and give logan a shout he's awesome he's a great guy to work with i've told you a couple times now i refinanced my house in march aaron did his a couple weeks later rates are crazy right now logan will take care of you give him a shout over at ameris bank mortgage we appreciate them got a great episode lined up for you today some breaking news and we're going to look forward to more conference college football coming up this weekend let's dive right into it Okay, welcome into Punt and Pass. Be sure to follow us on social media. I know you do already, so tell a friend at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron is at AaronMurray11. Go over to our brand new website, puntandpass.com. We're going to do Punt, Pass, and Pick our second week of this crazy 2020 season. Later on in this episode, I will put our picks up on the blog, puntandpass.com. It also has our merchandise shop. It's got our podcast distribution everywhere you can listen and our YouTube channel, which Murray, crazily enough, it continues to grow. I had no idea, but people love watching the show on YouTube. So check us out. It's a beautiful Friday morning. Murray is in West Virginia because he's calling the Marshall (coughs) game tomorrow, 3.30 p.m. on CBS. We got some great news to talk about the big 10 is back is the pac 12 next what about the mac what about the mountain west murray you got to be fired up dude Cade mays is back we're gonna do punt pass and pick 
It's football season. How are you, bro? What's going on Dude, in Huntington, West Virginia? Dude, there's not much to do in Huntington, West Virginia. It's beautiful weather, though. It's it's going to be game day. Wake up 45 degrees. Oh, I love that. By game day, is going to be uh, game time is going to be about I think around 70. I mean, like the picture perfect time and season. feeling to mm-hmm. be playing football. 3:30 CBS. Dude, I'm I'm freaking pumped. It's going to be a great game. I'm excited. And then just you said, I mean, so much good news. Mountain West is coming back. The Big Ten's back. The Pac-12 trying to figure out their crap out there on the West Coast. Like, dudes want to play football. They want yes. to make it happen. They want to make the the, the sacrifice to do it. Uh, these players and it's uh, you know finally the people up top are listening and, and hopefully they can figure things out. And you know, late October start, early November start. Um, you know, admit I just I'm just so excited. Because every single year we have such great debates about the playoffs. You know, yes. who, who deserves it? Who gets in? This year is going to be extra, extra juicy because now we're going to have teams that have only eight games uh, compared to teams that have 10 or 11. Yep. And it's like, okay, do they deserve it? Do they deserve it? What about the little guys who I was excited about? I know. Seeing a, uh, you know, some of these non-Power 5 teams get in possibly or one of them get in. To the playoffs, so it's going to be extra, extra, like I said, juicy and sexy and fun. Mm-hmm. Come December to talk about the playoffs, so it's that. uh, it's 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 good to be a college football fan. Sexy and juicy usually does equal fun, so great adjectives mm-hmm. there, my man. All right, let's talk about the biggest news first. You know, we put out our podcast on Tuesday. It's just so funny because whenever we publish a podcast, I promise you, huge news breaks. I mean, it is like insane. The clip that we published podcasts the news that drops right after is almost imminent so i don't know what's going to happen later on today but we published on tuesday the big 10 comes back late tuesday announces officially on wednesday so the big 10's back right you heard the rumblings you heard the whispers the parents were protesting the coaches were writing public letters justin fields put the petition out the parents wanted the kids to play the kids wanted to play and the coaches wanted the kids to play all right Let's just head over to the USA today. Let's see what they think about the entire situation. And Murray, put your seatbelt on. I'm about to go on a huge rant. First, Christine Brennan. Okay, Christine Brennan. Never heard of her. You know, God bless her. I guess she's a columnist over at USA Today. She had said a couple of weeks ago how she couldn't even watch college football. All right, she wrote an article, she wrote an opinion editorial saying she turned the games on. She was so disgusted with what was happening because of the safety threat and the imminent danger that she had to turn it off. First time in 20 plus years. Christine Brennan, never heard of you, don't care. All right, then she comes back and writes this headline. This is a real headline after the Big Ten announced they were going to play college football in 2020. This is real. This is not satire, this is not made up. And I quote, four of the worst sex abuse scandals in U.S. history, Jerry Sandusky at Penn State, Larry Nassar at Michigan State, Richard Strauss at Ohio State, Robert Anderson at Michigan. All that evil, all on Big Ten campuses. Chilling. Today is about an awful conference-wide sports decision. She literally says, literally, that the Big Ten – Choosing to play college football in 2020 is the worst decision in Big Ten Conference history, comparing it to child sex abuse, a la Jerry Sandusky, and rampant, rampant sexual abuse, a la Larry Nassar at Michigan State. And there are others. She compares playing football to sex 
abuse scandals and says it's a worse decision. That is absolutely mind-blowing. That should be a fireable offense, and I am not speaking in hyperbole. That is craziness. But the <laughs> wildest thing is, is you're not even surprised at this point. No, you can't. I mean, how can you be surprised by what anyone says nowadays? I mean, I, I don't know how you can literally be sitting at your house and say, oh, let's <laughs> compare these two things because they're so similar. Like, I, I, I did. What? I, I, I don't know. She must have just been so desperate for Drew Butler to go on a rant about her that she's like, oh, there's this crazy dude in Atlanta this that is, uh, is, is going to go off on me. So let me let me give him some some action to talk about today. It's, it makes no sense. It's, it's a headline grabber. It's just greed and stupidity and wanting clickbait. That's all it is because you can't compare the two. Apples and oranges, two completely separate issues, not even near each other. And the fact that you're trying to combine them into an article is, once again, like I said, it's 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 clickbait and it's desperation. And that's all it is. And and it's, it's stupidity, straight stupidity. But 2020 is all about the craziness so I, I say this i say this with empathy and sympathy during the times that we're in right now obviously we're headed towards a recession it'll last for a few years we're dealing with a pandemic people are in dire straits all across the nation i understand that okay christine brennan should be fired for writing that i'm not even i'm not even kidding you so bad. she should lose her job that's insane who's, and her, then, who's her editor to allow this to be the hell knows. put out there Hey, here you go. Read my article. What do you think about this? Oh, it looks great. (laughs) This is perfect. Great headline. Let's put it on page two. This is going to be awesome. Like, come on, man. And and There's a bunch of people at fault for that one. I'm just, just, like I said, stupidity makes no sense. And the sports writers and the self-righteous sports media members continue to wonder why the public is blaming them for acting like they're rooting against college football. We're not rooting against college football. We just want it to be safe. Get the hell out of here. That is the craziest thing I've ever read. Then Dan Wolken follows up. Dan Wolken, my favorite guy in sports media. I mean, this dude is the definition of miserable. He writes this, okay? This was his headline. Column, Big Ten got played by President Trump, and the White House is eager to celebrate. All right, hold on. Hold on. Murray, you and I talked about it right here on Punt and Pass. As soon as President Trump tweeted out that he called Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, and said, we want college football to be played, anybody with a brain on their shoulders, a brain inside their skull said, wow, President Trump, whether you like him or not, right or left, is playing politics because this was a winning issue for him. If he got Big Ten football back, he says, I did it, and if he didn't get Big Ten football back, he says, I tried. They didn't listen. I am fighting for the people of Big Ten country. Dan Wolken sits there and goes, President Trump played the Big Ten. No, 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 no. The Big Ten played themselves by making this crazy-ass decision to cancel everything at the end of July, at the beginning of August. Dan Wolken's derangement, which you can follow on Twitter, has blinded him from seeing common sense, from having common sense. Most saw this coming from a mile away as soon as Trump made the phone call. Kevin Warren's weak leadership, his weak leadership from the beginning is to blame. The Big Ten played themselves. This is not a political issue. Trump made it political because he knew that he could push them around and make this a win for his campaign, which he did. And guess what? Big Ten football's back. It's just nuts. Mary. It's back. It's crazy. Well, yeah, it's, it's their own fault. We've been saying it from the very beginning. They made the decision way too early. 
they put themselves in a terrible situation when you know, you got other major conferences playing football. You have the NFL playing football. You have high schools playing football, and you're sitting back on the sideline and saying, oh, man, why did we make a decision on August 10th? So, yes, big win for Trump. Yes. Um, and then good for him for taking advantage of the situation. It's, but it's politics. Day, it's, not, it's not his fault. You shouldn't blame him, get mad at him. The Big Ten, they were premature with the whole situation. Should have let it play out a little bit longer. Like I said, we've been saying that dude, Sankey is the man in no this question. situation. And no he, he's the one that continues to look better and better, I think, every single day, the way he's handled the entire situation. So bad on Big Ten. Um, listen, good. like I said, good good for Trump, man. He, he, he took advantage of a situation. And most importantly, at the end of the day, the real winners of this whole thing are the players, these kids. Amen. Let's let's not forget about that. We want to talk about the commissioner and, you know, the president, blah, 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 blah. These players deserve an opportunity to play this year. They deserve to hear their voices or their voices to be heard. Uh, and they did. And they get an opportunity to play and go out there and compete, even though it is an eight-game season or a nine-game season. It's still football. It's not going to be two seasons in, in 2021, which is so stupid in my mind. I'm glad we're not doing that. I mean, to say, hey, you're going to get ready and play yes. two seasons oh, and one calendar God. year is idiotic. So I'm just really happy for these players. I'm happy it's going forward and uh, everyone gets to play football in 2020. It's a beautiful thing. Amen. Look, it's a doggy dog world. Trump saw blood in the water with Kevin Warren and absolutely ate his lunch. But that's not the reason why they're playing. Murray, you just said it. It's because the players wanted to play and got vocal about it. It's because the coaches wanted the players to play and got vocal about it. It's because the parents of the players protested at the Big Ten headquarters saying, give our kids at least the option to decide if they want to play or not. So they're playing. Eight games starting October 24th at conference championship game is December the 19th the same weekend as the other conference championship games yes they will have played two less games but I was on SEC today with Murray yesterday on Sirius XM channel 374 and you asked me what's going to happen and I said look if Ohio State goes 8-0 they're in that, that's a no-brainer how will this affect Justin Fields' Heisman campaign I have no idea if they do lose one game, Aaron, it will all depend on how they lost it. Are they going to get blown out on the road at Purdue like they did two years ago or lose an overtime battle against Penn State? If it's an overtime battle, they're in. If it's a blowout against a bad team, they may be out if an American Athletic Conference team goes undefeated. But will the Pac-12 come back? They're eyeing an October 31st first start. Well, I don't think West anyone's very back. confident. There's no no one very confident in the Pac-12. It's all about Well, I'm not money. talking about just them making it to the playoffs. I think if we're going to talk about playoffs real quick, yes, Big Ten yes. and Big 12, um, because that conference looked atrocious week one. They both better step it up and have really good seasons. I still want to see a, a maybe an American team. Maybe I, I don't think the Mountain West, because of an eight-game schedule, yeah, is going to be able to put a team in. But I think an American team could uh, UCF, Memphis, uh, Cincinnati, teams like that have a chance. If they, they, obviously it's it's harder now because the Big Ten's in. They need the Big Ten or the Big Twelve um, to drop because I think I think Clemson's a lock. I mean, Clemson yes, literally 100%. something crazy in this world, and which a lot of craziness has happened. <laughs> but that entire team has to get pretty much uh, sick and not be able to play and lose a football game for them not to be considered into playoffs. They are the best team in the country. I don't think anyone with a head on their shoulders that knows football knows that Clemson is the best team in the country. They are going to be in the playoffs. Alabama most likely is going to be in the playoffs. 
And uh, Oklahoma looks good, and, and who knows what happens to that conference, but both them and the Big Ten, I think, must play really well and have an undefeated team or a team with one loss, like you said, with a close loss uh, to be able to get in there at the end of the day. So uh, I'm still cheering for the little guys. I'm hoping no they get a shot, but obviously it, it, it does hurt a little bit adding in the Big Ten right now. I don't think the Pac-12 has a chance. I don't really see anyone on that conference. No, in my mind, games. that could play an eight-game season and get in. It, it, it's going to be it's going to have to be an Ohio State or Michigan type brand for sure uh, to get in from that conference with just eight games or nine games. They're playing nine games this okay. year. Gotcha. Gotcha. And luckily, you know, they have the daily rapid testing, which is the entire reason why they're going forward. So I am thrilled that this is happening. It looks like we're going to have a ton of college football to break down all fall long Murray. That makes me very happy. And again, it's all about the money. You think the Pac-12 sitting there going, oh my God, we got to put stuff on the Pac-12 network. We got to play in the Rose Bowl. We got to make it happen. So Pac-12 expect them to play as well. How about Cade Mays winning his appeal at Tennessee, Aaron? You text me that this morning. That's a big win for Jeremy Pruitt Huge. and this Volunteers offense. They have a really good offensive line. Trey Smith, the guard, is going to be a first-round pick. Cade Mays, obviously, a former five-star. He played at Georgia. He's got experience. We, t- we said this earlier, and I am on the Tennessee bandwagon. If Jim Chaney can develop a run game, it opens up his play calling, and he can be extremely effective. Jarrett Garantano is the biggest question mark, but big win for Tennessee. I am interested to see how they start their season because I think that South Carolina-Tennessee game next weekend is the best one in the SEC right in front of that Auburn-Kentucky matchup. Yeah, it's, it's huge news for them. I just I, I just don't get the whole why some guys were getting the the, the thumbs up for the transfers and some guys weren't like the I mean, NCAA is it's just, just it's so stupid. I, I just don't get the 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 criteria they were looking at. You yes. know why does Georgia's JT Daniels get the transfer uh, eligibility but Cade didn't? And I don't know. This goes on and on and on for for many years now of why some people get in, why some people don't. So good for Tennessee. That's a huge win. That offensive line is gonna be really darn good. Probably top two or three offensive line in the SEC. Another big news. Um, Holinsky did not win the starting job at South Carolina. When did it's that gonna be, break? It's going to be Colin Hill is going to be the starting quarterback for South wow. Carolina. Wow! So that that's another big news. That's another big kind of twist in the plot for this game hmm. uh, when these two match up next week. So I'm looking forward to that. And and I kind of had the feeling Colin was going to be the guy. I mean, I go back three years ago, Bobo was just gloating about him. I mean, his arm strength, his talent. Um, he just loves the kid. And even talking with Colin last year when I had one of their games for uh, Air Force, he was injured, but he's like, listen, I'm going wherever Bobo goes. We have a great relationship. I love his playbook. Wow. So there is that great feeling between the two of them. There's that trust right there, uh, especially with the first year OC at a new school. Or not first year OC, but first year there at South Carolina with Coach Bobo. He trusts Colin. He trusts that Colin's going to put them in the right situation. So uh, not surprised. Like I said, he's really, really talented. I've seen him play. I've seen him throw. He just has to stay healthy. He's a yep. kid. ACL tears. Been really unfortunate in his career. But if you can keep him healthy, he can make some noise for sheer. Like I said, especially for the fact that he knows Coach Bobo's offense. 
I like that game a lot. Tennessee, South Love Carolina week one is going to be absolutely fantastic. Good little news break there on punt and pass. I did not see that news about South Carolina starting quarterback. How about the other news that broke yesterday? And before I get into it, but what I'm talking about is UGA unveiling two new jerseys. Look, we have a lot of Georgia yeah. fans that so are listen. Are they going to rock these jerseys? Well, yeah, I think so. But I, let me say this first. We have a lot of UGA fans that listen to this podcast. Obviously, you and I are both alumni and former dogs. If you want to buy these two new jerseys, you're going to need a little bit extra jingle in your pocket. So if you're going to refinance or buy a new home, you have to go through our buddy Logan Hinton at Ameris Bank Mortgage. He has competitive rates and fees. He can lend in 47 states. Logan Hinton is part of the number one lending team in the state of Georgia year after year. Call him on his direct line. Here is the number, 770-649-4941. That's 770-649-4941. Logan is the most trusted mortgage banker. He can help you achieve your financial goals. If you're refinancing or buying a new home, give Logan a call, and then you will comfortably be able to buy the two new Georgia jerseys that were unveiled yesterday. Let's talk about the jerseys, all right? It is the 40th anniversary of Georgia's 1980 national championship team. Without even saying people will make fun of Georgia for only winning one national championship in 40 years, the jerseys are sick as hell. They look awesome. I love the retro throwback vibe Mm -hmm. to them. The red pants are legit. I love the black block numbers. And then the black jerseys, I guess, are the 100th anniversary of the Bulldog nickname to the University of Georgia, if that's right, if I read that correctly. I don't like the dog collar around the neck. You don't? I love the dog (laughs) collar around it. You love the dog collar. I was going to say, the detail put into that jersey with the dog collar on it is freaking sweet. I'm telling you, I want to call Misha and be like, dude, give me a number 11 Murray jersey with both both the white and the black is yes that's the one thing i'm pissed about we i never wore a black jersey in my four years that's so sad. pissed that's sad you yeah know, look un- unfortunate but no i love it i love both i hope they rock them uh all year long just make that the home and away uniform dude i i think the whites are so yeah fresh. the whites are sweet they the whites are sweet. so good and i guess i mean that who's jersey... home and away this year versus florida Who, who's the home team oh and they're in jacksonville I know that, but oh, oh, good point. Um, I think last year Georgia was in red. I want to say, I believe, I believe. Put Georgia in that white, dude. That is sick. But answer the Florida Georgia Florida game. So obviously that jersey is the famous 1980 jersey. They wore it a couple of times on the road, most notably when Herschel Walker ran over Bill Bates, which is one of the most iconic plays in Georgia history. Could that be your going forward, maybe away jersey in Knoxville against Tennessee? It would be cool to pin that as an away jersey at a certain stadium. And then the black jersey, like, get ahead of it. it like you just said, Murray, just say before the season, we are wearing the black jerseys on this day. So there's no craziness. There's no rumor mill. Just do it. And most importantly, John Meshad, Georgia's athletic uh, equipment director, Send us jerseys. I want yes. a Butler 13 in the white and black. Murray, you need a Murray 11 in the white and black. Look, look, we we deserve it. We put out a podcast twice a week. It's hard, honest work, okay? We carry the Georgia flag. Send us jerseys, please. All right? Send uh, us I'm jerseys. I'm on that bandwagon. I love it, though. I think it's awesome. Georgia's obviously very traditional in uh, regardless with their jerseys, so I think these are two great additions. We'll see when they wear them. 
You ready for pump, pass, and pick? Let's pick up. We All need right. some. We need some some better luck this yeah, week than we last do. week. But yeah. like, listen, week one yep. is week one. A little kooky. Got to kind of got got to see a couple teams. Clemson kind of screwed us a little bit, yeah, so I think did. week two is going to be our week to get this thing going a little bit. They did, and you know, I'm I'm so fired up for next week because we'll have SEC games to pick. And this yes. week, I picked top twenty five games, so we got a couple of top twenty five teams ready to rock and roll. ACC and Big Twelve. Let's get into the first one. Syracuse heading to number 25, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a 21.5-point favorite. A lot of big numbers this week, Murray. I'll just be 100% honest with you. Syracuse played well in the first half last week. They played poorly in the second half. North, uh, North Carolina, yes, ended up beating them by 25 points. They got to go to Heinz Field. They got to play number 25, Pittsburgh. More than three touchdowns, I can't take it. I need Syracuse plus 21 and a half. That's too many points. That's just simply too many points. I agree. Way too many points for a team that and, and Pittsburgh that um, is good. They got a lot of returners back. They're 1-0, feeling good. But ah, that is a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of points. Um, Syracuse can run the football. Their quarterback can extend plays, get those nitty-gritty first downs to stay in the football field. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm taking Syracuse. Uh, right there. All right, let's stay on the Syracuse train there. Uh, I like, I, I do really like that play. Plus twenty one points. It's a, it's a noon kickoff. I, I would assume yeah. that in Pittsburgh at this time of year, as I'm familiar with, probably going to be in that sixty degree range. Slow game, lots of running, probably not too many points. I like that there. That could be a lock for sure. Let's head over to the Big Twelve. Tulsa is taking on number eleven Oklahoma State. Another big number. Oklahoma State, a twenty-three and a half point favorite. Murray, I'll take this to you first, brother. First game for Oklahoma State. And I know. First game in, in, in that conference, the Big Twelve needs to get going. Um, yeah. You know, obviously sloppy, sloppy start last week to the season. You know, the big boys played well, but then some of the teams that kind of in the middle did not play well. Give me Oklahoma State. Yeah, you know, I think they're going to be great. I, I, they're a team that returns 10 starters on defense. The offense obviously has Sanders. They got Chubba, uh, Chubba at running back. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to show up and just absolutely ball out. Uh, I think they're just going to run right through Tulsa. So, yes, give me Oklahoma State with the points on this one. I think it's a blowout. All right, Murray's laying the 23 and a half. I'm with you. I, I love Chuba Hubbard. He wants to get that Heisman campaign started off on the right foot. And Oklahoma State, I mean, sneakily preseason ranked number 11. I mean, that's a pretty stout ranking They're a good football for team, Oklahoma man. State. I agree with you. You said They're 10 returning team. starters on defense? 10 starters on defense, 7 on offense. I think if anyone, to me, in my mind, looking at the Big 12, if there's someone to take down Oklahoma, I don't think I don't think it's Texas. Really, I would think I would think it's Oklahoma State. If right. anyone could, yeah, it would be Oklahoma State in my mind. Okay, I like that. Uh, we're on the same side as that one again. Oklahoma State laying twenty three and a half points as the home favorite. I just don't think Tulsa has enough firepower to keep up with them over four quarters. Let's head over to Murray's. Maybe I'll say number three favorite quarterback in the nation. That being Ian Book at Notre Dame. South Florida heads into South Bend. Notre Dame's ranked number seven. They are a 26-point favorite. I'll just get ahead of this one. Give me South Florida and the points. Look, it's just it, that's just so many points. Too many, so points. many points. And I know Notre Dame is going to try to fix what they did wrong against Duke. But this early in the season, South Florida's defense did not look too bad last year. I know they played. I forget who they played. Was it? I forget who they played, but they had that hilarious punt um, return end zone touchdown. Did you send me that, Murray? Where the punter tried to roll not. out and kick the ball, he whiffed it. It went like oh, two gosh. yards, and then the defenseman caught it and like 
landed in the end zone. It was a, a very funny play. I obviously felt terrible for the punter. Long story short, give me the 26 points in South Bend. I'm taking the Bulls here to cover with 26 points. Yeah, I, I'm same way. I mean, even if Notre Dame wins this game big, I'm just thinking, you know, it, say they're up by 28. The, you know, I think that's the max they're going to be up. The, the backups are going to come in. South Florida gets a late touchdown. Yeah. Kind of like what happened with Clemson yeah. last week. So I think even if they do win this game big, like I said, the backups are going to come in. They'll give up a touchdown. And then those people are going to be pissed off saying, oh, you should have finished the game off. So, yes, I'm with you. South Carolina makes it close enough. South Florida still gets the, South Florida, excuse me, but still gets their butt beat. But yeah, give me, give me South Florida with the points. All right. Um, I just looked up who South Florida played last week. It was Citadel and South Florida only scored 27 points with that punt return for a touchdown. So here's what I'm going to tell you. South Florida, obviously first week of the season, probably couldn't get too juiced up for Citadel. These boys are going to be fired up out of their minds in South Bend. I still like the pick. Give me the 26 points. I think this next one's going to be the game of the week. I really do. We talked about how much we both like Jeff Sims at Georgia Tech. Huge win for the Yellow Jackets in Tallahassee last week to upset Florida State, even though Florida State sucks. Now they are welcoming Central Florida, the number 14th-ranked Central Florida Knights on the flats, and Central Florida is a 7.5-point road favorite. I don't know what's going to happen here, Murray. You love Jeff Sims. I know you love him. I don't know if he's cracked your top three favorite quarterbacks. Felipe Franks, of course, being number one. Um, I don't know who number two is, but oh, Kyle Trask is number two. Number three is Ian Book. Is Jeff Sims number four favorite quarterback in the nation for you? He's up there, man. He, he, it's uh, It was funny. I was walking the dogs the other day, and Saw some guy with a Georgia Tech hat around the neighborhood, and I was like, hey, it's good to see you guys actually have a quarterback now. And he was just – I mean, he wouldn't shut up. He was so pumped. It's so nice. We're not on the triple option. We have a guy that can throw the football. It is exciting. I mean, they are just so pumped, those little yellow jackets. And uh, listen, I think Georgia Tech wins this football game. Do you really? Yeah, I do. Wow. I really do. I think Georgia Tech wins this football game. I mean, a quarterback – can bring a lot of confidence to a football team, okay. a lot of confidence. I think after last week, I think both sides of the football are just feeling really good about this season. I think they're feeling really good about their head coach Collins. I think they feel really good about their quarterback. Yeah. And dude, he played great. I mean, they could have been Florida State by a lot more than what they did. All the botched craziness on special teams. Uh, he threw a couple red zone interceptions. I mean, that's first game jitters, first game mistakes. I mean, they could have been Florida State by double digits. So, I think he is a really good quarterback. UCF has not played a game this year. They had a bunch of dudes opt out. Yeah, um, yeah, I forgot about that. I think I think Georgia Tech actually wins this football game. If Georgia Tech wins this football game, they will be ranked in the top twenty-five next week. There's absolutely yes. no doubt about it. Hundred um, percent. This is a huge. Like last week was a huge game from a culture perspective. We talked about that on Tuesday. Winning with the adversity, going to Tallahassee, regardless of how bad Florida State is, for the program, that was a huge win. Now this game in week two is, are you for real? For real meaning, are you going to have a successful season? Not a lot of people knew what to expect from Georgia Tech this year. That victory in week one after being down 10-0, winning 16-13, sets up this week for the launch pad into 2020. And guess what? They're going to lose. Georgia Tech's going to lose this football game. UCF knows 
they have to go undefeated this season if they want to get into the college football playoffs. Every AAC team knows that they have to win these games against the Power 5 opponents, regardless of who the Power 5 opponent is, to make it to the college football playoff. I am rolling with UCF here. I'm laying the 7.5 points. They will win by 8 points or more. Sorry, Georgia Tech. Let's eat Waffle House on Sunday morning and talk about what happened on the flats Saturday. Give me UCF. I'll lay the 7.5. Murray thinking Tech outright and takes the 7.5 with the Yellow Jackets. Saturday night, game of the week. Staying in the ACC. Number 17, Miami heading to number 18, Louisville. Louisville is a two and a half point home favorite. I don't know. Miami, Rhett Lashley, Derek King on the road. Louisville. What happens here? What what are we talking about, Murray? Same thing. I mean, we talked about with, with Georgia Tech. I think Miami now all of a sudden they feel like, hey, we have a quarterback in Derek King. Um, we have a guy that's a playmaker. I think the confidence after the, the game they played versus Louisville last year too. They know they can beat Louisville. Um, I, 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 like I said, I, I think Miami has talent. They just need a quarterback. And I, I think like the excitement in the locker room, knowing that they have a guy who hadn't played football in over a year, came out, played really well week one, not perfect, but really well for his first game in a long time, new team, crazy off season. So I think Derek King takes another step forward this week, plus the extra time to prepare, um, for this Miami hurricane team. I think Miami hurricane, same as, as Georgia Tech. I think Miami wins this football game. Rolling with Miami, taking the two and a half points. I'm thinking a step backwards. I am thinking a step backwards. Miami got a slow start last week. Again, I'm questioning Rhett Lashley. People want to crown Rhett Lashley. What has he done? What has he done? Yes, he has Derek King. Yes, that is the quarterback he needs to run his system efficiently and effectively. I'm going to roll with Scott Satterfield and the Louisville Cardinals here. I think at home, big spot for them kicking off their big 2020 campaign. Look, the ACC is open on one side of this conference. Who's going to step up? Who's going to take advantage of the situation at hand in the ACC? I think Louisville could sneakily be one of those teams. I like them at home. I'll lay the two and a half. I think they win this football game. Murray, you're rolling with Miami. So we end on two disagreements there on punt, pass, and pick. We'll see what happens. You and I both went two and three last week. We're just easing into the season. We're just yeah. easing into it. Trust us. Trust us. We both did very, very well last year. I was over 60%. Murray was over 55% against the spread. And you're getting these picks for free. So don't come complaining to me. Okay? <laughs> All right. Murray, you got a big day tomorrow. Marshall taking on Southern Miss? No, App State at Marshall. App State. App State, good, good football. I'm telling you, watch, watch, watch. I know that that UCF Georgia Tech game is on at 3:30 on ABC, but 3:30 CBS, primetime spot. App State Marshall, these guys are pumped to be on primetime. You got two great quarterbacks. You got some great running backs. Marshall's quarterback, no joke, potential top ten pick in two years. Wow, in two years. Two years. He's only a redshirt freshman. Anything on the way out? We'll be tuning in at three thirty tomorrow for sure. No, I'm just Murray stuck. I'm just stuck in this hotel quarantining. They don't let us leave. After Uber eats everything to the hotel. All right, I so like I'm that. I'm just chilling. All right, my my thoughts on the way out are that Dan Wolken is a miserable loser, and Christine Brennan should be ashamed of herself and thankful that she is still employed. 
Those are my two thoughts on the way out. And the last thought is that if you're looking to buy or refinance your home, you have to give our buddy Logan Hinton over at Ameris Bank Mortgage a call. Call him at 770-649-4941. That's 770-649-4941. Logan is part of the number one lending team in the state of Georgia year after year. He's got those competitive rates and fees. If you're buying a beach house or a mountain house or a lake house, he can lend in 47 states. He will make this stressful task a breeze. Now is the best time to do it. Call our buddy and damn good dog, Logan Hinton, 770-649-4941 over at Ameris Bank Mortgage. Have an awesome weekend, everybody. Enjoy the fall temps. Enjoy the college football, and we will talk to you next week. See you.